Theresa May the new Elizabeth I? This may not seem obvious, but what they have in common lies in their opacity. Not what you see, but what you don't. Not in their actions, but in their inactions. It is Elizabeth's lesson in how to move forward from a position of weakness. I am the historian Leander Delisle, uncovering the Tudors and Stuarts behind the myths. Elizabeth I is regularly voted our greatest ever monarch. But consider how fragile her hold on power was in 1559 when she became queen. Like Theresa May in 2016, Elizabeth's reign was viewed by many of her subjects as the least bad option. She was a Tudor whose rights to the throne were enshrined in statute. That made her the safe choice. Yet she was viewed unenthusiastically even by fellow Protestants who judged female monarchy to be against divine law. It was agreed that the sooner Elizabeth married and produced a male heir to restore the natural order, the better. But Elizabeth stubbornly remained a spinster. Fielding suitors and kicking the issue into the long grass, she kept hopes alive, but her position still remained a weak one. She could not, therefore, risk imposing her will as a ruler in the manner of her father. A wrong move could very easily have ended in her overthrow and replacement by one of her female cousins, especially if they had a son. Theresa May has always been aware of the weakness of her own position. She was accepted by both sides of her party as a safe pair of hands to deliver Brexit. Yet, as a former unenthusiastic Remainer, she was also always mistrusted by them. She could not easily impose her will but she has shown some of Elizabeth's ruthlessness in facing down her rivals. In 1559, Elizabeth undermined the reputation of her heir, the Protestant Lady Catherine Grey, whose rights were enshrined in the same statute that had allowed the bastard Elizabeth to succeed. Elizabeth had demoted her in royal service to the level of a common gentlewoman. When Catherine later married in secret, and produced two little princes, Elizabeth imprisoned her and bastardised her sons. Who remembers Lady Catherine Grey or her royal line today? Theresa May promoted her leading rival Boris Johnson to Foreign Secretary, placing him in a role for which he was peculiarly ill-suited and often looked foolish, while also binding him to collective ministerial responsibility. Even after he left the cabinet, she remained the least bad option for most Conservatives, the bulwark between the country and upheaval. Nevertheless, May remained vulnerable, just as Elizabeth did. At the top of the agenda in 1559 was the new religious settlement, an issue even more divisive than Brexit today. The reign of Henry VIII's son, Edward VI, had seen the introduction to England of a stripped-down, reform Protestantism we now label Calvinism. It had not been very popular with the conservative-minded English whose xenophobia could be deployed against the Pope, but less easily in favour of some new-fangled internationalist ideology. Yet leading Protestants now wanted Elizabeth to restore the last and most radical of Edward VI's Protestant religious settlements, and then to continue to push the Reformation in England forward. 
the precise nature of the Queen's Protestant religious beliefs remain inscrutable. Video et tacio, I see and keep silent, was a favourite Latin tag. What we can say is that just as Theresa May has sought some sort of middle way between Ramona's and the hotter sort of Brexiteer, so Elizabeth wants a moderate settlement that lays somewhere between Catholic Rome and Calvinist Geneva. An argument some felt that the half is better than the whole. In the end, the religious settlement of 1559 was more radical than Elizabeth wished. Her Secretary of State, William Sissel, packed the committee that drafted it with his own nominees. Yet it was still more conservative than many Protestants wanted it to be. No golden mean, they complained, but rather a leaden mediocrity. They hoped for further reform, but Elizabeth blocked, evaded, fudged and stalled. Protestants had to wait for the reign of James I to see a reforming governor of the church, and by then a generation had grown up who shared many of Elizabeth's un-Calvinist tastes. Elizabeth had taken as her motto, Semper Idem, always one and the same, and she had held to it. Theresa May is a small-c conservative, and although she will not be in power for 43 years as Elizabeth was, she has stayed in office far longer than many predicted. The question that remains is, to what end? There are many areas where she is no Elizabeth I. She has no gift for oratory, no ability to unite people behind her. Will history judge her a pragmatist like the great Elizabeth I? Or just this year's April Fool? If you would like to know more about Elizabeth I, you may enjoy one of my three Tudor books. Or you can contact me via my website, leanderdelisle.com, Facebook or Twitter. Twitter.